spirit of rival tonight. Y'all stand with us and give God praise. Amen. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Amen. Put your hands together. Give God a praise. Touch three people and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to Love Revival at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Praise God. We're blessed to have Brother Doug here tonight from Parkview Baptist Church and his beautiful wife, Miss AJ. Amen. So blessed to be here tonight. Uh, we're going to do something off the cuff tonight. If you have a cell phone, I'm requesting that you turn it off. Turn it off. 
Turn it off right now. Teenagers, my kids, no Facebook. I know people say, well, look at my Bible. Not tonight. Let's listen with our hearts, minds, body, and soul. And if somebody around you has a Bible, share. Share. Make sure you're checking out what Doug is preaching tonight. So share your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, there's some in the foyer. We'll get them for you. Amen. Dalton, did you turn your phone off? Everyone turn your phone off. Everyone turn your phone off. And let's let God have us for the next hour. Uh, come on, somebody. Let's let God have us for the next hour. <clears throat> when is revival? Look up here, everybody. Look up here. I'm fixing to call some of you up to the front. When is revival needed? When we check out social media way before we check in with our Lord and Savior each morning. When, it's, when you can just walk away from him and not care about the decisions you make, revival is needed. I read the, the best thing. I'm going to use it on Sunday, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you tonight. This was a guy's illustration with revival. How many remember the day they got saved? How many remembered you went home and you cleaned out your closets, you, you, you made decisions that honored God, you got the stuff out of your house that didn't belong there, you stopped looking. I, I know for me, you know when I got saved, I started throwing out uh, uh, all them bad CDs I used to listen to. I was going down Golson Road and I was throwing out Ludacris and... And Limp Biscuit and all them other crazy things I used to listen to. I, I, I'm just being real with you. That God, my God was more important to me than that junk I was putting in my ears. So I was driving down the road and I was just tossing them out left and right. Well, revival's kind of like that. Since you got saved, when you got saved, you cleaned up everything. And then you have, and just like any, anybody ever, anybody ever clean a house? In about a week or two, it gets dirty again. Our lives are like that, too. We can come, we get saved, we clean it all up, and then things happen and we get dirty again. And we need revival to clean us, to get us right with the Lord. So turn your phone off, and I'm going to say this before the Lord tonight. Let him have this last hour. Get right with God. Brother Doug's going to bring the word in. Man, we're excited about that. Let's pray together. Hold somebody's hand. Hold somebody's hand. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord. And we had that countdown for revival going in the background, but I've been waiting all week for it. Matter of fact, I've been waiting all year for it because my brothers and sisters are getting attacked in their mind, body, physical, financial. Lord, we need to hear from you tonight, Lord. Clean up this mess that we've got ourselves into, Lord. Father, as we clean our house tonight, may we put you first in every area of our life. May we say yes, Lord, to yes, you. Lord. Just like the song said, who was singing that tonight? But who really meant it tonight? Yes, Lord, have your way with us. Father, we lift up the church tonight. Father, hide Brother Doug behind the cross as he begins to speak. Father, I thank you so much for this place and this ministry. Father, I ask you to be with the family that's laying their son to rest tomorrow. Tonight, they're having the viewing. I know this is hard for them, Lord. Father, we send our love to them tonight. Father, we lift up our teenagers tonight. We're so blessed to have them in the big house tonight. And, Father, we pray that they would open up their hearts because Brother Doug's seen it all. He's been a youth pastor for years. There's nothing you can pull over on him. So when he speaks tonight, listen. Listen to, you, listen to him from your heart. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, if there's anybody here that's not right with you, 
that this revival this week would get them right with you. Tonight, tomorrow night, we stay dedicated, Cowboy Church. Everyone gets dedicated, and let's make this revival something special. Let's make it about love, because love is special. And Jesus' love is the greatest love that we can give anyone. And we share that freely this week. Lord, bless this revival. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.
be seated real quick. Amen. God is good. All the time, God is good. Thank you for being here tonight. We're going to do one more song, but not before we take up our offering, but the offering that I'd like to take up tonight would be to go and help the family of the young man uh, that's gone home to be with the Lord, uh, a young man uh, who used to come to our bull riding. Uh, oh, life just took him, and uh, we know he's home with the Lord. And there's a need. Uh, I was talking with Mickey, and uh, uh, they need some money to help pay for the funeral. And uh, they put a fund out there, and maybe some of you have already gave to that fund, but I heard that there was only $150 given for the fund. And uh, I'd like to help them with the cost of the burial of that young man. Uh, so if you guys can do anything tonight, God lays it on your hearts. We take up our offering. Uh, uh, give as God lays it on your heart and uh, I'm sure thankful I'm sure thankful for a giving church tonight and my heart pours out to those students at New Caney and uh, also his family amen so I'm gonna pray over our offering our men come forward now to get take up our offering and uh, Father God we thank you so much Father Lord I know that the needs are so great for so many of us Lord but let's put our Put our shoes on their feet for a minute, Lord, or their shoes on our feet for a minute, Lord. And nobody can imagine having to go through that. Can I tell you people tonight, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Whatever you're going through tonight, it's going to pass. Whatever you're up against, man, grab me or grab my wife or grab Miss Vicky or anyone in the church. You know, we got people here that love you. We're not just talking to the children tonight. We're talking to the adults, too. We're here, we're, we're, we love you. We're here every week and we love you. And you can get a hold of one of us. You know where we live, you know how to get a hold of us. We're always here. So whatever you're going through, know it will pass. There's always a, there's always a valley. But you wouldn't know how good God is on the mountain unless you went through the valley. Amen. And I'm going to say in the valley, Father, we get to love you and you love us and you always make it through. I want to say this to you tonight. He'll never put too much on you you can't handle. Somebody believe that with me tonight. You will, he will never put too much on you you can't handle. So my heart goes out to the, the family of that young man. Father, my heart goes to my church to help us meet a need tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Bless our offering.
forgiven because you are forsaken. I'm accepted. You are condemned. I'm alive and well. The Spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing Come on, give the band a big round of applause. What an amazing way to kick off revival. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. I want to, Mike, will you kill the stage lights? I, I, I got one more video I, I want to play with you guys for you guys tonight. How many of you ever saw that movie, Facing the Giants? Anybody ever like that movie? That's one of my favorite movies, and, and they do a lot of sermon illustrations with that. But there was one scene in there. That, that, that was about revival. And I thought since we were blessed to have our youth in here tonight that I would play this and just let you kids know there are other Christian kids out there all over the world that love Jesus. 
They're not ashamed of Jesus. Doug and AJ, they, they got a big youth group back home in Waco, and, and their kids love Jesus, and they're not afraid to tell their friends that they love Jesus. So I ask you tonight, if you're talking, you know we don't talk in church. So you'll be asked to move if you're talking. There's youth and adults spread out all through here tonight. So if you see someone talking, disrupting, just move them. But really, get right with God tonight and love Jesus. Touch three people and say, love Jesus. Amen. So we're going to play this video. Can you kill these white lights? All right. Grant, are you not aware of what's going on outside on the field? What? You might want to come check this out. Mitch decided to bring his Bible class outside today. After he started teaching, Matt Prater stood up and accepted Christ as his Lord. It was awesome. He started confessing stuff from his life. He started asking his friends for forgiveness. Next thing we know, Bob Duke stands up and does the same thing. Kids start breaking up into groups. They begin to pray for each other. They begin to ask forgiveness for sins that they committed. This has been going on for three hours. How did you not know what was going on? I need to talk with my dad. I'd like to go see him. I'll take you right now. So what we've done here is we've gained these four lots by moving the retention pond down here. We could try and do that through here if you want. No, I like this. That's perfect. Mr. Prater, there's someone here to see you. Sarah, I'm in a meeting. Um, it's your son. Would you like me to step out? No, it's OK. Sarah, send him in. Matt, you okay? I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't know you were in a meeting. What is it, son? Uh, Dad, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've been acting. I got right with God today, and I just needed to say that from from now on, I respect your authority. Whatever you say goes. That's it. You know, I could come back tomorrow if that would be better for you. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I, uh... what it's worth, I'd give my right arm to hear my son say that to me.
When you get right with your heavenly father, you get right at home. And you get right on the job. You get right with your marriage. You get right in a lot of areas of your life. Y'all give Brother Doug a big round of applause. We're so blessed to have him and his family tonight. Amen. I love you. Bless you. You get it on. Uh, I think it's on. All right. I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me and my wife the opportunity to come up here and uh, to be with you, Brother Mark. Miss Mary, thank you so much for the beautiful room that you've allowed us. And obviously we love coming up here and being with uh, Brother Mark, Miss Mary, and the wonderful church that you guys have here. And uh, we get to hear from Brother Mark quite a bit about what's going on up here, and it's amazing. Uh, to be able to see what God's doing in the lives. I know some of you, uh, we see you about three or four times, and to hear what God's done is just absolutely amazing, and the things that God does in spite of us. And uh, so we're just excited to be able to be here with you tonight, Brother Mark, and we thank you so much for that. I was looking, and while I was watching that, and I was reading that, and I thought, you know, I've heard of a lot of revivals, but a love revival is a different revival. I'd never really heard of a love revival until you had started, and you'd ask Pastor to come a couple of times, and then for me to come, but... It's an awesome thing when you stop and think about what a love revival is. But before we go into that, as I was watching this scene tonight, and I know that uh, God spoke to me, and, and uh, I was thinking there in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, in verse number 14, I tell my wife that all the time. I said, every time I come here and y'all say that, y'all scare me. Uh, we come from that independent Baptist church. Pastor Collier's been here. and if we See, we can't do that back home with our pastor. Our pastor is old. If we were to do it, he'd die of a heart attack. And so we've got to be quiet. We can't, we can't yell, say stuff like that because it would scare him. But uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I just want to read this one verse. It's not anything to go with the message tonight. But I was thinking about this where it simply says this. It says, if my people, and when you hear that, he's talking to those of us who are saved. If my people, which are called by my name, and what it says, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. If we'll, we'll forgive their sin, and we'll hear, heal their land. And boy, you sit there and think about that. Boy, if we ever needed revival in our nation, we need it now. Yes. You know, when, when this was written, was a long time back when this was written. And God knew that even back in those days, they needed reviving. Everybody in here, under the sound of my voice tonight, we all need reviving. Uh, we all need to see revival, not just tonight, but we need to see revival every single day in our lives. The Bible says here, God is a God of his promises. He's told us here that if we, all right, revival is not dependent so much upon God as it is upon us. Because God has been the same as the Bible says yesterday, today, and forever. God always wants to bring revival. Revival is not so much upon God as it is upon you and I wanting to have revival. And you look at our nation today and you see a nation that doesn't want to see revival. How do you know that? Because you look at what we've kicked God out of. We've tried to kick God out of our schools. We've tried to kick God out of our government and out of our buildings. You, we've tried to kick God out of our families. And let me share something with you. The good thing about this is, is this, is that we can't kick God anywhere. God's going to be here from the beginning, and God will be here at the very end. But what God can do is God can remove his presence from a place and from a people who would stand hard-hearted to the fact and say, we don't want you, God. And we are living, I believe, that time in a nation when we, as God's people, are as is guilty of not seeing revival in the fact that when God gives us the recipe here, 
and we still don't do it. When he says if we'll humble ourselves and seek his face and pray and turn from our wicked ways, then he'll hear from heaven and he'll heal our land. That's how we see revival. See, God wants you and I to experience revival. The problem is this. It's not from God's side. It's always from our side when it comes to this matter of revival. And so I wanted to uh, go tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and get them out. Got mine too, all right? Have your Bibles out. I was asking this. When he said love revival, I had to ask myself, what, what is that? What is a love revival? And, you know, we talk about revival, and, boy, you can look all kinds of definitions up about revival. As a matter of fact, it's been said that revival is a, uh, a renewed attention to or an interest in something or somebody. And we do. We need to have every single day our attention and our, our wantonness and our desire ought to be to want to have God more today than what we had yesterday and having more tomorrow than what we have of him today and we ought to be able to want to have that great desire inside of our hearts to be able to have that and then you look at the word love and love if you look at it there's several different uses of the word love throughout the word of God but the one that you see more than not that every time is attached to God is the word agape agape love simply means this it's a selfless unconditional uh sacrificial type of love basically an agape love is a love that you have for something or somebody when you know they can do nothing for you in return and that's the same kind of love that i want to speak to you about tonight because when you start off a love revival and you go into it and you want to see it you got to understand where does it really start where does love start you know we, we come into this holiday coming up of valentine's day and you ever just stop and thought well what is the perfect valentine gift to show our love to somebody whether it's a spouse a child a friend a boyfriend or a girlfriend what is that valentine gift that we can take and we can show that we have a love for somebody or something and then you look here and i want you to see tonight i want you to look at the greatest verse i believe in the word of god and it's john chapter number three and it's verse number 16 a very familiar verse but this is the key verse in the matter of us looking in this uh, subject of love and what love is. If you want to understand love, you've got to understand where love started. Please, like everything else in the world, it had to have started somewhere. All right? We know if you go back in Genesis chapter number 1, chapters number 2, you see the creation, the evidence of God creating. Everything has a beginning and a start except for God. How do I know that? Because Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God. So God was from the beginning. All right? He was there. You say, well, explain that to me. I can't. And I'm sure glad I can't because if I could explain my God, he wouldn't be much of a God. Yeah. I'm glad I can't explain him in a lot of different areas. Right. I just got to take what the Bible says and in the beginning God, and I'm going to believe it from there. We're going to run with it. And so you've got to look here and you've got to see where did love start? Where was that love and where did it start at? Well, I believe if you go back to the Garden of Eden and you see when God created Adam and Eve and gave them a perfect atmosphere to live in. Everything, the conditions were perfect. The fruit, the food was perfect. The atmosphere was perfect. They had a relationship with God. He met with them every single day. Things were great until sin entered into the picture. Sin entered into the picture, and because of that sin and God and His great holiness, sin separated Adam and Eve from God in that relationship and that fellowship that He desired to have with them. But let me share something with you. Our pastor has said this before. He said, have you ever wondered why God did not destroy Adam and Eve when they sinned. You ever stop and thought about that? He had told them, that, hey, I don't want you to eat of this tree. 
And they, dis, they, uh, they went against, they disobeyed what he asked them to do. And you ever stop and wonder, wonder why God just didn't take out Adam and Eve and start all over with brand new creation? Why he didn't start with somebody else? Because they'd already failed him, they'd already disappointed him. Why not? I'm going to show you why not. It's a simple word by the, by the name of love. Where do you see love start? You see love start in Genesis chapter number 1, chapter number 2, and chapters number 3. You see God's love for Adam and Eve. But more importantly, because of that sin that entered into the relationship and that sin that entered into the world, each and every one of us, from the time we were born, when we took our first breath, guess what? We're all sinners. You say, as a child, I was a sinner? Yes, you're a sinner. You're a sinner as soon as you took that first breath, whether you're in the arms of the doctor, the arms of your mother, when you took that first breath, you were a sinner, as I was a sinner. And because of that sin, listen to me, it separated us from God. Because God being holy, God being right, God being just cannot coexist with sin. How do you know that? Well, the Bible talks about at the crucifixion of Christ that when Christ was on a cross, here's what it says, God had to turn His back on His own Son because He cannot look upon sin. He cannot coexist with sin. Even so to the fact that He turned His back on Christ. And so you and I, you know, if we stop and look at it and we think about it, we were pretty much doomed and damned had it not been for this great love that our God showed to us. I want you to look at John 3, verse number 16. Look what it says here. It says, For God so loved the world. Now, it's not talking about the animals and the plants and the trees and the ground. When it talks about the world there, it's talking about you and I. It's talking about those of God's creation that He created in His own image. That is us. For God so loved the world or loved us that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have ever lasting life what is the perfect valentine gift to show our love we need to understand what love is we see here in john chapter 3 verse number 16 love is an agape love it is selfless uh, it is an unconditional it is a caring a sacrificial love that is what an agape love is that we read here in john chapter 3 verse number 16 that's the love that god presented to you and to me so much so that what did he do he gave See, my God never asked anything of me in this matter of salvation. He gave for me. What did He give to me? He gave me the greatest gift that He could give. The Bible says His only begotten Son, the only Son that He had, He's willing to give Him for me. So I want you to look tonight, I want you to see this. What is it that God really gave to us? You ever stop and thought about that? I want to share two things tonight that God gave to us. In this matter of love revival, we've got to start off understanding what love truly is. You know what love is? It's God wrapped in a nutshell. That is love to the extremist definition that you could possibly give is love in a nutshell. And I want you to see here, what are two things that God gave to us in His love? Well, here in 3.16 of John, you see He gave His Son. Look at Romans chapter number 5 if you have your Bibles. Romans chapter number 5, I want you to look at verse number 8. But God, here it is again, God showing His perfect love, commendeth or showed His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What is it He gave to us? Again, He gave us the greatest gift He could. He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. The great love, the payment, the propitiation for mine and your sins. This is what God gave for you and for me. He loved us so much. Listen to me. He didn't give me something that was going to over time rust and over time would break or somebody could steal. You know what He gave me, Brother Mark? He gave me something permanent 
because God wanted to understand something. That, you know what, Doug Landers? I loved you from the beginning of time, and I'm going to love you all the way to the end of time. I've seen you when, the, when you were created. I've seen you to the end. I've seen the times you would fail me. I've seen the times you turn your back upon me, and yet I love you so much, son. I'm going to give you the best that I have, and that's my own son, Jesus Christ. I could have given you the world. I could have given you things. I could have given you wealth. I could have given you fame. But he understood that those things would not help me in the state that I was in my sinful nature. That there was only one thing that could stand in my way, that could bridge that gap between me and my Heavenly Father. And that was His Son, Christ, to come and live that sinless life, Brother Mark, for me. That is the love that we're talking about tonight. And I want you to understand this tonight. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a teenager, a mom, a dad, and you're sitting in a chair tonight and you say this, you don't understand, Brother Doug, nobody loves me. That's the greatest lie that's been hatched out of hell. You listen to me tonight. Although it may seem like nobody in this earth loves you, although it may seem like everybody turns their back on you, you mark it down as sure as God created the sun and it comes up in the morning. God loves you with all of His heart. He loves you where you're at. He doesn't care what sins you have committed in the past because they've been taken care of through the work and the redemption process of His Son, Jesus Christ. None of us in here tonight can sit here and say, I'm not loved. Everybody in here tonight's loved. If you're not loved by somebody, you're loved by God tonight. And you need to understand this. You need to realize this because when we understand that we are loved by God, it opens up all new avenues in our life. He gave us His only begotten Son. It's not like He had five or six sons and He picked the less likely one and said, I, I don't mind losing this one. He had just one. And He looked at him and He said, Son, I love him so much. Yes, I've seen the times that he wouldn't pray. Yes, I've seen the times that he didn't read his Bible. Yes, I've seen the times that he's turned his back. Yes, I've seen the times that he's fallen. But you don't understand the love I have is so great that I can't turn my back on him. The love that I have. And I thank God today that I stand before you today testifying this. I am not deserving of the love of my God. But I thank God that He loved me enough when He seen me and where I was and where I've been and what I've done. He said, I still love Him, Brother Mark. He still loves me. He still loves you tonight as well. He sent His Son, Romans 5, 8. Have your Bibles. Go to 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4. I want to look here at verses number 9 and verse number 10 of 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says this. What is it that God gave to us? He gave us the greatest gift of all, His Son. 1 John 4, look at verse number 9. In this was manifested or was shown the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Or what's saying? Look, here's this grace example of love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Do you realize what verse number 10 just said there? Listen to this. Herein is love. Here's the definition of love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. You see, there was a time that I didn't love God, Brother Mark. There was a time that I didn't love Him. There was a time that it was all about me and what I wanted and what I desired, and I loved me. But I thank God that I didn't have to fall in love with him first, but that he fell in love with me first. And when I understood 
on that one day when he revealed himself and I understood just how much he truly loved me. Couldn't help but to love him back. You see, there's a lady sitting up here on the front row that I love with all my heart. You know why I love her? Because she, she showed her love to me. And I loved her in return for that. And to this day, I love her. She loves me. So let me share some with you. The love that we show to each other fails in comparison to the love my God shows to me. You realize I can say something to her tonight that makes her mad and she'll hold it against me. You know what God does tonight? I can say something to God. I can say something or I can do something that is in opposition to what God has asked me to do in direct disobedience to Him. And 1 John 1, 9 says this. It says, if I will confess, He, my God, is faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Now, there's been times I've had to ask her for forgiveness and she has forgiven me. And I thank God for that. But I promise you there's one difference between her forgiveness and God's. She does not have the ability to forget. God does. You know what? Hey, listen to me. The Bible says this, what God does to our sins, He puts them into the depths of the sea. He puts them behind His back as far as the east is from the west. Do you realize the east and the west, if you go around, they never meet? The depths of the sea, do you realize there's parts in the ocean and the sea that man still have yet to reach down to because they're too deep? You know what God says? That's where I put your sins. You know what God says? I put them behind my back. You know what that means? That every time God turns, guess where my sin is? It's behind his back. You know what? Sometimes I come back and I try to, I'm a lawyer in my own self, brother Mark. I try to come back and tell God, God, you got to forgive me of this. God says, man, I don't know what you're talking about. It's already been forgiven. You don't know what? That's a great love. That's a love that he sent to us. That's a love that he has for us, that he has sent through us through his son, Jesus Christ. You ever stop and talk about this? I heard this one time, or I, actually I thought about this in the truck today when my wife was driving for me. You know what sums up what Christ did? You, you stop and think about it. He's the perfect payment for my problem. You ever stop and thought, that's pretty neat. I thought it was pretty good myself. I was sitting in the car today. He's the perfect payment for my problem, for my sin problem. And I'm so thankful for the love that God had that he's willing to give me the best that he had and that being his son, Jesus Christ. Now, but what's the second thing he's given me that's good? You know what? Jesus was here on the earth for 33 and a half years, and he had some disciples that went with him. But he told his disciples this. He said, God, there's going to come a time that I won't be with you any longer. There's going to be a time that I'm going to have to go. I've got, I've got a job I've got to take care of. I'm going to have to give my life on a cross, and I'm going to have to go back to heaven. You know what? How many, how many of you go through your, whether you're a Christian today or you're, you're not saved tonight, how many of you have ever gone through life and you just feel like you're by yourself? You just feel like, you know what, there's just no way, God. I've just got to cash in, and i, I, I got to quit. I can't do it anymore. You don't understand, God, it's too much for me to carry. It's too much for me to burden. Lord, I can't do it anymore. I, I've got to be able to quit. You know what the Bible says is this. Look at the second thing that God gave us to show his love to us. Look at this. It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Man, aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? Boy, his disciples looked at him, and he told them, he said, guys, I'm not going to be with you. But he said, I will send one that comes after me that will be a comforter to you. And that will be with you. I want to show you something. Look at John. John chapter number 14. I want you to look at what he gave us. Not only did he give us the best and that he gave us his son, but let me share something with you. He didn't leave us here by ourselves. John 14, look at verse number 16. Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you 
forever. The word comforter means this. It means a counselor or a consoler. You know what Jesus said? He said, fellas, when I go, I'm going to pray unto my Father, and he's going to leave you a comforter. He's going to leave one that will dwell inside of you that's going to be that consoler. It's going to be that counselor. And not only that, look at verse number 16. He says this, that he may abide with you forever. You know what the good, the good gift is about God is this. When God gave his son Christ to die on a cross reminding your sins in the redemptive process, realize this, it was done and finished. When God does something, he does it finito, final. You can't change it. Salvation is one way, and it's through Jesus Christ, his son, no other way. And when you accept him, you listen to me. When you and I put our faith and our trust in him and ask for forgiveness of sins and ask him to come in our heart and save us, immediately the Bible says he seals us in his hand. Our name's written in the Lamb's book of life, and there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Not only that, did he give us something great in the redemptive process of salvation through his son Christ, but the second thing he gave us is a comforter, the Holy Spirit that now goes with us everywhere that we go. And here's what Christ said. He'll be with you until the end. Here's what he said. You'll always have somebody with you. A third of the Trinity. God the Father, whose love was so great that he gave. God the Son, whose love for his Father and love for us was obedient to come and die. And God the Holy Spirit now comes and dwells inside of us as believers to convict us, to console us, to give us counsel, and pretty much to help us every once in a while pull our bootstraps up and keep on keeping on. When everybody else in the world tells you, you can't do it, you need to quit, you need to move on, you need to stop, the Holy Spirit inside says you can't. And I'm going to show you some things about this. Look what else the Holy Spirit does. Look at John 14. Look down to verse number 26. Jesus says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He brings remembrance of God's word to you and I. The Holy Spirit does. Boy, let me ask you something, uh, teenagers that are saved, and you know your Bible. In Ephesians, does it not say to children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, honor thy father and mother, because it's well with the Lord and be well with thee? Does it, does it not say that? All right, teenagers, you know that, you're saved. Have you ever gone and been disobedient to mom and dad? Has mom and dad ever told you, hey, you need to be home by 1030? And you say, you know what, I'm going to hang out till 11. And all of a sudden you get an uneasy feeling. And you start feeling, man, I got, I'm not, you know what that is? All right, it's not mom and dad at home with a voodoo doll sticking you with a pen. You know what it is? You don't know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance God's word to you. You don't know why? Because God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you because I've got one that will go with you everywhere that you go. And he says this, I will not allow you to be tempted that I do not give you a way out of that temptation. You know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit who brings in remembrance to mind in your mind talking about those things. Hey, have you ever parents been at home and you come to church, you know, eh, I'll come on Sunday morning. I'm not coming on Sunday night or Wednesday night. And the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some men do. And boy, you get a little bit uneasy. You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit. God begins to talk to us. You know, aren't you glad that God gives us one that's not so much condemning, but that he reminds us of God's word. See, God understood and knew that, spiritually speaking, a lot of us have a short attention span. And that we would need to have that Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us to every once in a while nudge us. You ever just wanted to well, uh, well off and hit somebody? You ever wanted to say something to somebody? You said, man, 
they treated me bad, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm going I'm to belittle them, I'm going to beat them down with my tongue, I'm going to give them a tongue lashing, because they deserve it. Remember what the Bible says, every word that proceedeth out of our mouth, we will be judged and accounted for. See, what happens when stuff like that rolls around, aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit that says, hey, you know what, the best thing for you to do right now is shut your mouth. Walk away. Boy, it's a gift that God has given us. Through His Son, Jesus Christ, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, brings remembrance of God's Word. Then look at this, John 15. Look at verse number 26 of John 15. Jesus says this, He testifies of Christ. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of me. The Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity to testify to others. Let me give you an example of this. I say this, and, and I'm telling you, I can see this man's face for whatever reason. We, we were going on a missions trip. I think we were going to Ecuador. And, and I had to sit by a man in a plane, Brother Mark. And I sat next to this gentleman for, what was it, babe, four hours, five hours? Five and a half hours on an airplane. And Brother Mark, the Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to him. You need to talk to him. You need to testify. You need to talk. And I never did. I never did. And I got up, and I know chances were I'll probably never see that guy again. And Brother Mark, as much as I tried, to justify in my mind some good things I was doing. I said, God, I'm here on a mission trip. I'm going to do things. I couldn't get away from that. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit allows you and I the privilege to testify of the great and mighty things that God has done for us. The Holy Spirit sits inside of us to provoke, or not to provoke, but to prompt you and I to be able to give you that nudge to say, hey, you can do this. Hey, tell them about Christ. Tell them what God did for you. Tell them about the love of God. Tell them that Christ loved them and that he died for them. You may be the only Bible somebody gets to read. And the Holy Spirit begins to promote and begins to push and prompt you. Man, go. They need to hear. And isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that sometimes you may be next to a person and not feel that? Because God knows when a person's ready to hear the gospel and you and I may have the opportunity and the Holy Spirit trying to push us off and say, now's the time. You've got to talk to him. You've got to talk. You've got to testify. That's the great gift that God's given to you and I. The boldness and the courage to be able to stand and proclaim our God is a great and mighty God and we are a saved child of God and to be able to witness what God has done for us. The thing is this, how long has it been since you sat down? How long has it been since you put a track? How long has it been since you told somebody about Christ and that God loved you and what Christ did for you and the change that it had in your life? How long has it been? You say, man, it's been weeks or months. That's why we need revival. Because if you're saved, the Holy Spirit sits inside of us and it's there to help us to testify of a great and mighty God. We live in a lost and dying world that if they need to have some good news, it's not a change of president. It's not a change in our schools. You know what our world needs to hear? That God is still alive, still on the throne. Christ died. He died for every one of us. He loves us. And he was in the grave three days and He rose again. And now He sits on the right hand of God the Father. They need to hear that in the home. They need to hear that in the workplace. And young people, they need to hear it in your school. Yeah. Young ladies, love Him enough because of what He's done for you to stand up and testify. Young men, be a young man. Stand up with a backbone and tell them why you do the things you do. Why you don't go to those places. Why you don't act that way. Why you don't sing those songs. Because there's something inside of you that you understand has made a difference and made a change. The love that God has for you and me. That He gave us the greatest that He could in His Son, Jesus Christ. But then the second thing He gave us 
is the Holy Spirit. Then John 16, verse number 13, here's what the Bible says. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, He will guide you in all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. See what it says? It says He will guide you in all truth. You know what the Holy Spirit says? He says, the things that I hear from my heavenly, from God in Christ in heaven, he said, I hear that and I reveal it to you. And I'm going to help guide you and direct you. Young people, you listen to me. Thank God if you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit to be able to guide you to make the right choices. That still small voice I talked to you about a little bit a while ago. Young lady, you're there with a young man and he tries to get physical with you. You get up and walk, and don't let him sweet-talk you, young men. All of us in here today, aren't you glad, not only for the great gift of Jesus Christ, but aren't you glad for the eternal gift through Jesus Christ of the Holy Spirit? You know why he's given those to us? Because he loves us. None of us in here can say we're not loved. What greater valentine could any of us been given than that of Jesus Christ? And the Holy Spirit. Boy, you begin to look at these things and wonder. You look, look at Romans chapter number 12. He ever stopped and thought about this? We understand all that God's given to us. Let's just talk about it. He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us creation. Isn't that amazing? He lets the sun come up every day and the moon come up at night. You got food in your refrigerator when you go home tonight. You'll go home tonight and you'll sit inside of a room inside of a home with a shelter over your head, a roof over your head. You'll go to sleep tonight in a bed, a comfortable bed with a pillow and a mattress. You'll go to a closet that has many clothes in a closet, shoes in a closet. You'll get to go home tonight. A lot of us are sitting here tonight with health. Oh, how good has God been to us tonight? How much more can we sit there and say that He loves us? You know what? I tell people this all the time. If all He would have given me was salvation, He's given me far more than what I ever deserved. But man, that's just the tip of the iceberg, Brother Mark, and what he's done for me. You know what he does for me? Just because he loves me. I've done nothing to deserve it. You know what you're looking at? I'm just a sinner. I'm saved by an amazing grace that I deserved, and I was destined for hell until I understood and I realized that he loved me. Because of all he's given me, Brother Mark, I have to ask this question. What can I do to repay him? What can I do to show him now and do the reciprocation type thing? What can I do to show him that I love him? What does he want? You ever, you ever stop talking about this? If you ever go to heaven, you ever stop if you got to go to heaven and got to talk to God and ask him one question and ask him this question and say, God, what do you want? You ever thought what he'd say? You want my money? You want my time? Do you, do you want my talent, God? God, do you want my faithfulness? Lord, do you want my family? Do you, do you want my works, God? Is that what you want? And here's what I believe he'd say, but Mark. I believe he'd look and say, no, I don't want any of those things. You know what I want? I just want you. Nothing else. I just want you. I believe that's what he'd say tonight. After all he's given to us and the love that he shows for us, He's not asking for a million dollars. He's not asking that we work our way there. I believe what he wants tonight, but Mark, he just wants us. Bottom line.
And you know, what's, you know what that just shows the great love of God? It's because when he looks, he sees the scars, he sees the sins, he sees the disappointments, he sees the heartbreak. You know what he says? I still want you. Nothing else, but I want you. And here's the thing. It's just like the picture of revival at the very beginning. God will give revival. Here's what it goes into a love revival is this. The ball's now in our court, what we're going to do with it. Realize this tonight. Everybody in here tonight is going to make a decision here in a moment. You and I are going to decide of the fact that this is, you know what, God? I want you to have me. I'm not much, but God, you can have it all. Some of you are going to say this, you know what? I want this done and over with. I got places to go and things to do, and you're going to walk out that door. But you understand something? You walk out that door tonight, and he still loves you. You can sit there with arms crossed, hard heart, bored, ready to go. But if you hear nothing else I say, you listen to me. He still loves you. And there will be a time. There will be a time when you're going to need to know it. What greater time than now? Romans 12, verse number 1. Look what it says. Paul is writing here. Here's what he says. What does God want from us? Paul says, I beseech you, therefore. He says, I make an urgent request. I beg you, brethren. He's talking to those that are saved. By the mercies of God that you present. That means to exhibit or to recommend that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, which is pure, which is blameless, acceptable, which means to be agreeable or well-pleasing unto God, which is our reasonable service or worship. You know what he wants tonight? He wants all those at Caney Creek Cowboy Church, by Mark, to come down and fall. Listen to me. We're going to go off on a different day tomorrow night, I promise. But you listen. Revival cannot come in the hearts of God's people until we realize just how much He loves us. And we put everything else aside and we just simply fall and say, God, use me. God, speak to me. God, I've been laying my life on the altar for you tonight. You say, I did that this morning. Listen to me. you got to do it usually several times a day, not just once. But just to come down and say, God, use me. I'm giving you everything I am. I'm not much, but God, I'm yours. You say, there ain't nothing. God can't do anything with me. Young person. I tell young people this all the time. Don't lie to yourself. It took a little boy and knocked out a nine-and-a-half-foot champion with a stone. He took a little boy's lunch and fed over 5,000 people with it. See, God's not looking for the great and mighty and powerful and wise things of the world. But the Bible says he's looking for the weak things. He's looking for those things that just come to him and say, Lord, if you can use me, here I am. God says, if. <laughs> you mean when I can use you? If you come with the right attitude and the right spirit. Why, why does God want that for us? Or why should we want to give ourselves? Look at 1 John and we're finished. 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 19. We understand that God gave us the perfect gift. The perfect gifts were His Son and then the Holy Spirit. What does He want from us? He just wants us. Why? Why? Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse number 19. I love this. It says this. We love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. What better verse in the Bible is there? We love Him. You know what the word love there is for us? 
See, there's a love called phileo love in the Bible, and phileo love is where we get the word Philadelphia, brotherly love. That's loving one another. But a perfect love is what an agape love is, and that's the love that God showed us in John 3.16. Knowing that we could not do anything in return, but it was that selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love that he showed us. You realize here it says if we love him, here in verse number 19, it says we love him. That's the word love there for us is agape. We love him. Why? Because like I've shared with you tonight, because he first loved us. Gotta ask you this tonight. Did you agape love your God tonight? Is it a selfless, unconditional love? We love him because he first loved us and what he's done for us. He gave his greatest gift ever, and that was his son Christ. Wouldn't leave us comfortless, but gave us the Holy Spirit to the very end to stay with us, to guide us and direct us. And what does he want from us? All he wants is us. Sinners. He wants us just to say, here I am, God. Make me an empty vessel. Mold me, make me, and use me. Whatever it is you'd have me to do, that's what I want to do. I want to be pleasing to you tonight, God. Why? We ought to love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Just with the sound of my voice tonight, I know we've got a lot of people in here this evening. I do want to ask this question. I always ask it. And I never want to take for granted because you never know. But I wonder if there would be one in here tonight under the sound of my voice that would simply say this with me. Say, Brother Doug, I heard you talk about the love of God. I've never really clearly understood it. may have never heard it before that God loved me that much. And I didn't know that Christ was willing to die in my place on a cross for my sins. Why did he do that? I'm going to tell you why he did that. So that you and I may not have to die and go to hell. But that we may know him. And we can know him and have salvation and know that one of these days heaven will be our home. Because the Bible says this, listen to me, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you were to die tonight without knowing Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me, the Bible says this, hell will be your home immediately. There's nothing you can do at that point. You're not going to be able to say, but God, now let me in. It's too late. And you guys know as well as we do, life is fragile. The Bible says it's a vapor. Here for a little while, and then it's gone. None of us in here are guaranteed to see tomorrow. None of us. I wonder with just an uplifted hand tonight, say, Brother Doug, you know what? I'm not sure if I die today, heaven would be my home, but I do not want to die and go to hell. I understand God loved me and Christ died for me, and I want to ask him to come into my heart and to save me tonight. If that is you tonight, right where you sit, would you just raise your hand? Say, Brother Doug, I'm not sure that if I die tonight, heaven would be my home, but I do not want to die. Hold it up high. Nobody's looking. It's just me. I want Pastor Mark. Me and Pastor Mark are looking. Here's what I'm going to ask in just a few moments is this. The Bible says this. God is not ashamed of you and I. He loved us and he was allowing us, to, or Christ, to come and die for our place. I want all those there that raise their hands to look at me. And please trust me, nobody else is looking around. The last thing I want to do is embarrass anybody. But I can promise you this. Just the ones that raise their hand, look at me. Please look at me. I'm going to ask you this tonight. If you would like to know Christ as your personal Savior this evening, before you leave this place and know that you know that you know your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm going to ask you right now, if you would, to just stand up and come up here and meet us right now. Would you do that? Nobody's looking. Don't be embarrassed. Listen to me. Hey, man, don't be embarrassed here. I'd rather, I, I'd rather take a chance. Hey, come on up here and meet Brother Mark. Pastor Mark will meet with you. The workers will meet with you. Those that are sitting in the chairs, you need to be praying for these that are coming. 
Pray for these that are coming tonight. Greatest decision they could possibly make. They're making right now. I'm going to let Brother Mark deal with them, and I want to talk to everybody else that has their heads bowed and their eyes closed. You've saved by the testimony of keeping your hands down that I'm saved and I know I'm saved. I know without a shadow of a doubt, Brother Doug, if I was to pass tonight, or if Christ was to come back tonight, I understand heaven will be my home. Let me ask you something. Tonight, we're starting a love revival. Listen to me. Our nation, our schools, our homes, our teenagers, our families, we need God back in our nation. We need God back in our lives. I wonder how many of God's people here tonight, you know that you're saved, would be willing enough to stand up and say, I realize what He's done for me. I realize that He has loved me. I realize the things that He has given to me. And I want to love Him the way He's loved me. And how do I want to do that? Because I want to come down tonight and I want to tell Him tonight that God, I'm giving my life to You tonight. I want You. I'm putting my life on an altar, God, and I want You to take me, use me, mold me, and make me what it is You want me to be. Oh, Christians, I'm challenging you tonight. If God's been good to you, you know that He loves you tonight. Oh, won't You show Him how much You love Him and come tonight and just bow this old altar and say, God, I give my life again. I want to see revival. Come down over here to my left if you would. Just come on down and just, hey, let's just have a time of coming and praying and say, God, I want to see change. I want to see change in my life. I want to see change at my school. I want to see change. Listen to me. You know what the world needs tonight? The world needs to see Christians who are not ashamed of their God. They need to see Christians who are serious about their God. Yes. They need to see Christians who are down on their knees. I'm going to tell you, what scares the devil in hell tonight are Christians who are on their knees praying and asking God and saying, God, take me. Forgive me where I failed you today. Forgive me where I've fallen short. I come tonight confessing, God, I want to be that vessel that brings honor and glory to you and to you alone, God. Take me and use me. I want to see a difference. I want to see a change. I want to see something great start inside of me, dear God. Would you bring it to me tonight? Can you imagine with this many people falling upon their face tonight, could you imagine what God could do? Look what he did with one little boy by the name of David. Teenager, look what he did with three teenage boys. They were willing to stand for the things that were right. It wouldn't bow, wouldn't bend, and they didn't burn. And look how it changed the nation from being able to stand. Hey, listen to me. You know how you stand for God. You fall humbly upon your face before him and say, God, you are my strength. You are my rock. You are my fortress. I'm nothing without you, God. Give me your courage. Give me your boldness to be able to stand, do great and mighty things, God. Lord, nothing that I can do, but it's all about you, God. Yes, Lord. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word tonight, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters getting up and really getting up in their heart tonight. Not just getting up and coming down so everybody can see them, but getting up in their heart tonight. Too many of us don't really go and share the gospel. If you got up tonight, you're strong. I saw a picture earlier that we would come to revival like kittens, but we would leave like lions. We would come like kittens, but we would leave like lions. Lord, as we go out tonight, as we go our way, we take you with us, Lord, everywhere we go. 
You said you left us the Holy Spirit. We believe it tonight. We believe for the counsel. We believe for the counsel of the Holy Spirit. We believe everywhere we go, you never leave us nor forsake us tonight. Lord, I thank you for this revival. I thank you for the word. And I thank you for the hearts of many tonight. Lord, welcome to the family. A handful of Christians tonight. A handful of kids, an adult who put their hand in and said, Lord, I give you my heart tonight. Come on, somebody. Amen. We thank you for this revival. What a way to kick it off tonight. Lord, you get all the glory. You get all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody.